Welcome to the Crushworthy Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the people that you should have a crush on. Because not everyone is terrible. I'm Michaela And I'm Kat. And uh, this is the very first podcast we've ever recorded. Yeah. We definitely haven't recorded several practice no, episodes. Definitely not. Uh, this will probably be the first one that you end up hearing. Uh, we've been working on this for several weeks now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like we've finally come up with a formula that works for us. Mm-hmm. So hopefully by the time you hear this, we'll have everything under control uh, and everything will be set. Yes. It's been a journey. Yeah. So <laughs> just to give you a little um, kind of a heads up of what you're in for for this podca- podcast. Um, so we are going to be discussing the people that we are currently crushing on. Um, This includes people that uh, we're really going to be focusing on people who have kind of made a very significant impact on the world, people who have made the world a better place. So we're going to be focusing on like artists and musicians, activists, inventors, all of the above and everything in between. Yeah, we will probably talk about some hotties, but it's really not why we're here. No. Uh, we do have a, uh, a we're going to be doing a segment that mm-hmm. we're going to be uh, affectionately calling the infatuation station, where we will relegate <laughs> our uh, our more uh, <laughs> lighthearted crushes. Yeah, those are the more superficial crush- crushes. I threw that name out there as a joke and Michaela loves it. And then I decided, <laughs> I, I okay, I'm down for it again. It's so good. It is. It's pretty good. I'm kind of proud of it. Uh, yeah, infatuation station, which Love it. won't be hard to say at all. No. Um, yeah, we've got a bunch of stuff to discuss. Uh, we, we both are very enthusiastic fans of different things, I would say. And, uh, we both have this, I guess you could call it a trait or maybe a personality quirk where if we love something or someone so much, we need you to fully understand why that thing or person is so amazing. Yes. And it's, it's probably obnoxious, (laughs) but... (laughs) You you can always... I, well I feel like I feel like a lot of people can relate to that. It's like when you love something, you want to share it with other people, and like I know I have this thing where like you know when you're sharing a television show that you absolutely love and you want somebody else that you love to love it just as much as you do, and you you know invite them over, you watch it together, and like your experience watching that is mostly just watching them watch it, mm-hmm. and you're you're just watching their reactions to yeah. the show, making sure they're like laughing at the right parts, mm-hmm. and <laughs> yeah, making sure they're not on their phones. Yeah, like I am not above like saying, hey watch this part (laughs) this is important (laughs) or you know oh wait coming up is like the best part like i am so annoying when it comes to that i've gotten better but i feel like this podcast is going to be a good outlet for that kind of energy yes because i feel like if you're listening chances are you're interested in finding new things or new people to learn about and we would love it if we inspire anyone out there to look up the people we're going to be talking about. Yes, for sure. And uh, we also, we do have a Twitter account. So please feel free if you are, if you have a story about someone we talk about or any corrections or uh, even if you want to share someone that you've got a crush on, uh, you can always tweet at us. Our Twitter handle is at CrushworthyPod. 
Uh, and you can also follow along every week with our Instagram account, which is also uh, CrushworthyPod, where we'll post any relevant photos or quotes or just funny things that may come up in conversation. Uh, if you want to subscribe to those, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna kick off this episode by just kind of sharing a little bit about ourselves, um, sharing some either personal successes from this week or somebody that has done us a solid that we want to give a shout out to. Yes. Um, Kat, do you have anything that you would like to share with the class? Hmm, I should have thought more about this. <laughs> I can. I, I I have something. Okay, you go first. Okay, so. Uh, my cap and gown for graduation arrived in the mail this week. Yay! Yeah. Oh my god, are you going to model it for me later? I, I can't. <laughs> I actually haven't even fully unfolded it from its packaging yet. Oh like, my I gosh. just want to, like, preserve it until December, which is when I'm graduating. Um, for those of you listening, this has been a very long, arduous journey for me. You've um, worked so hard. <laughs> it's been a long four and a half year uh, process, and so I'm very, very excited to finally be finishing and very proud um so that's my big big success or like big piece of news for the week um also just want to give on you know on another note want to give a shout out to my amazing fiance for buying me a laptop for my birthday when my old laptop decided to crash (laughs) mid-school project he's a sweet boy yes (laughs) Yeah, he was actually uh, texting me about a week and a half ago, asking me a bunch of random questions about my laptop. And I have a, I have a gaming laptop, but he was just like, is it fast? Do you like it? Is it easy to use? I'm like, yeah, I guess. What? Like, I'm the last person you should go to for any uh, technology advice. Like, you saw me struggling with my laptop when we were setting up to record today. Like, it's... I'm not the right person. So when I found out that that's why he was asking, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Well, we were actually like in, we were looking for a laptop. We've been in the process of looking for a laptop for quite some time. And then uh, fate decided to force our hand <laughs> when my laptop crashed. As it often does. Yeah. But I mean, at this point, you're in your senior year. You're, you're almost done with school. So I think you told me that part of you was just like, fuck it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Just keep moving. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's... Uh, that's uh, the positivity from my week. That's awesome. Yeah. I thought of one. Okay. I have been dealing with this personal struggle on how to deal with my spare bedroom in my house since we moved in about three years ago, my husband and I. And lately, well, the past couple years, it's kind of become a catch-all room for all my arts and crafts supplies and also the litter boxes for our cats. And finally this week, I started doing a really deep clean We bought this like awesome furniture that hides litter boxes so they don't all have to be in this one room and hopefully you know it'll keep that room nice and clean we got we we borrowed a carpet shampoo from my father-in-law so we're just like we're doing spring cleaning in october but it feels so good just to get it done and take care of some of this little you know those little things that you need fixing in your house Mm -hmm. you know like a broken light fixture or a stain on the carpet it feels so good to finally get that under control yes nothing feels better than just like a clean space it's it's hard sometimes to to get the motivation do you ever have that thing where it's like there's a mess and it's gotten so out of control that you don't even have the motivation to look at it no and it's just and it this is physical and mentally and emotionally you know these messes can 
form in any way. Yeah. It's just, I can't, I don't even have the energy. When you finally get that burst of energy and you ride it for as long as you can, (laughs) it's very rewarding. Yes, for sure. When you're done, you have to light a candle to like, because that's when you really know a space is clean. Yes. It's when you like light a candle afterward. When you light a candle and pour yourself a glass of wine or coffee and you're just like done for the night. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's the best feeling ever. That's probably my little heartwarming moment i think nice. i'm really proud of myself yeah so you should be <laughs> and my husband he's he's been great too and very helpful <laughs> i guess uh but yeah so it's it's nice kind of starting the podcast with these little moments of positivity and our intros probably won't usually last as long as they do today but mm-hmm. we figured we'd treat you guys since this is our our first episode yeah, yeah. get a little bit of uh, introductions out of the way yes exactly and uh i think right now uh are we ready to dive into our crush corner i think so all right, all right. who's going first uh i can go first yes please okay so uh my crush for this week is actually uh just like a forever crush of mine mm-hmm. um i've loved him for so many years um and it is actor misha collins precious he is so delightful um, he is probably uh, best known for his role as the Angel Castiel in Supernatural. Um, and it's actually very fitting that we're talking about him today because tonight is actually the premiere of the final season of the show. It's after, the final one? It's the final They're one. They're ending it? They're finally ending it. Oh, my, you sound a little relieved. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> I, that's probably not a, a that's probably not the best tone to take. I well actually I am. I am a little bit relieved because it's been going on for so long. It but has. there's also a very bittersweetness that accompanies it because it is actually the longest running genre um, TV series in American broadcast history, which I didn't know oh my until God. today. I didn't know either. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. So it's really kind of an end of an era. Wow. And I'll definitely be watching it this year. I kind of fell off a couple of seasons ago, but I'm going to be watching it um, avidly for the final season. Um, Mm -hmm. But I decided to choose uh, Misha Collins for today because he is just one of the most precious people like in the world. He is just so chaotically and aggressively good. Um, But I don't really want to focus on his acting career. I would much rather focus on like his philanthropy and his charity work because he does so much of that. And I think that it just brings so much good into this world. Yes, please. Um, So he, a couple, well, actually it's more than a couple of years ago. So it's been like almost 10 years that he's been um, doing a organization called Random Acts. Um, well, actually, no. Uh, scratch that. I don't know if he's been doing random acts for <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> I apologize. I know that How he's, dare you? I know, I know. So he's, he, I know he is involved with and owns a company called Random Acts, which is essentially a charity that uh, encourages and sponsors random acts of kindness, whether they be something as small as paying it forward at a coffee shop or, you know, building a community garden for your town. Um, and usually once a year, they sponsor a huge uh, charity event, and they usually partner with different, um, you know, international uh, organizations. In the past, they have sponsored the building of a school in Nicaragua, 
And I know for this year, they were actually helping to remove the uh, unexploded bombs from Laos. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, they were. their plan was to clear the farmland of 25 um, families in Laos. Um, I'm not sure if you knew this, but Laos is actually the most bombed country per capita in the world. Wow. Thanks to uh, the bombing that took place from uh, 1964 to 1973 during the Vietnam War. And the funny thing is, is that uh, Laos wasn't actually even officially a part of the Vietnam War, mm. and yet they ended up getting a lot of the fallout. Um, the U.S. ended up dropping just hundreds of thousands of bombs on Laos during this time, and... Great. Yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah. cringy at all. No. <laughs> um, but it's estimated that about a third of the bombs never exploded. And so Laos is kind of just a landmine of these Ugh. unexploded uh, munitions, which end up resulting in about like just dozens of deaths every year. So it is an ongoing process to try to clear the land of these bombs. And so this year, uh, Random Axe is going to be helping to... Um, clear the land from 25 families. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Um, uh, so the way that Random Acts usually gets funded is through um, something called Gishwiz. Um, I'm not... Yes. <laughs> Gishwiz. <laughs> it's just fun for, to say. <laughs> Gishwiz is just this incredible... Uh, just... It's the most... The best way to describe it is just a multimedia international scavenger hunt. Uh, Gishwiz actually stands for the greatest international scavenger hunt the world has ever seen. Most recently, it's been shortened to just Gish. Um, and this is kind of uh, Misha Collins' uh, passion project, where essentially you have groups of 15 attempt to complete these tasks. Usually there's about 150 tasks that they can complete, and the tasks have like point systems, and the team that earns the most points throughout the scavenger hunt gets to accompany um, either Misha or somebody else on these mission trips to um, whatever uh, event chair, uh, Random Axe is sponsoring at the time. So, so this year it would be Laos? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's really, really cool. And all of the proceeds from Gishwiz go to sponsor Random Axe. That is so which awesome. It is. It is really, really cool. Um, but the best thing about Gishwiz is just the <laughs> the craziness of the tasks that are that the that the teams have to do. Mm -hmm. So Misha Collins usually, um, along with a group of um, you know other people, they devise all of these different tasks, and they are just like the most out there, and but also wholesome tasks that you could possibly ask somebody to do. Um, back in 2012, one of the tasks was to uh, create a kilt made out of entirely of uh, sliced cucumbers. And <laughs> the person wearing it must be um, a man or male identifying, um, which is just oh my <laughs> delightful. Gosh. Um, it's great for your skin, though. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> nice little just... Uh, <laughs> Very cooling. Skin and... cleansing. Yeah. Um, also in 2012, um, teams were asked to play Duck, Duck, Goose with real ducks and geese. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. I don't think I knew about that one. Yeah. Um, and then uh, another one was to uh, just take a picture of you and a loved one kissing. But the catch is that you have to have at least 11 food items between your lips and the lips of your loved one. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, which is so it's just it's things like that, just really, really crazy, just zany things. Zany you, is, is the word, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's just a delight. Um, and the catch is, of course, the way that you record this is that you have to take a picture or a video of you completing the task and then you submit it for to redeem the points. Um, and it's just the most amazing thing ever. Uh, this year, it actually already happened. So it was uh, July 27th, I believe, through August 3rd of this year. Um, and yeah, just absolutely amazing. Some of the tasks are actually a little bit too hard for some teams to accomplish. <laughs> I remember you telling me about yeah. some of them. Yeah. One of them was... Uh, <laughs> Uh, finding a blimp and covering it with fall leaves. Um, that is a task that unfortunately nobody was able to uh, complete just because of lack of... Uh, lack of blimps. Lack of blimps. <laughs> There's only so many blimps in this world. Yeah. Well, I'm just picturing you can't, like, staple them because wouldn't a blimp you, explode? Yeah, right? I guess you could tape them on. Yeah, or... Or glue them. Yeah, hot glue gun. But, like, just think of it. Like, a blimp is not small. I don't even know how big a blimp like, there is. I think they're way bigger than then like if whatever however big you're thinking that it is i think it's way bigger, way bigger. <laughs> well and i'm just i don't even know if i've ever seen a blimp that's not just like one of those little advertisement ones that they yeah. fly around football stadiums yeah but i mean are they all hydrogen i don't know or is that a thing no longer i don't know i know in... nothing about the physics of blimps no so i'm not sure i feel like that's like a like a bygone thing because you don't you just blimps are not just that they're not a thing anymore. It's the name of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> not a thing anymore. Limps are oh, not blimps. a thing anymore. <laughs> limps are not a thing anymore. I like that. Um, yeah, it's it's just that task. I mean, I, I he's got to add them in there just to kind of make it so it, it kind of has to level the playing field. So not one team can do everything. Yeah. They've got to make a couple things virtually impossible right yeah yeah i would think so and i think that because i think that task was actually earlier on in this uh competition so like one of the earlier years and i think part of him knowing misha was probably just like how far can i actually go with this and if somebody can do this i want to see it happen <laughs> yeah yeah well wasn't there something there was another task that i think i remember you telling me about that involved going into space yeah so they uh one of the tasks was to try to get uh, astronauts on the just like the space station to write their the team name That's on a piece right. of paper and take a picture of it and put it on their Twitter. And uh, NASA actually had to like intervene and like announce on like, like their no. official <laughs> social media and be like, our astronauts are not participating in this. I wonder why though. Uh, I don't just know. The, I'm sure they got like uh, important astronaut Whatever. jobs to do. <laughs> I mean, it's just space. You yeah. got time. Yeah. Got all the time in the world. Yeah. It's like that David Bowie song. It's fine. You're just floating around. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so that is that is Gishwiz. And then, like I said, all the proceeds from Gishwiz go to fund Random Acts. And uh, the winning team then goes gets to go to the uh, the big charity event that Random Acts puts on. Wow. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's just a small slice of all the things that Misha Collins does. Um, the origin of uh, Gishwiz actually is actually pretty uh, pretty funny. Um, one of the publicists um, from Supernatural back in 2010 wanted Misha to engage his audience to help Supernatural win in the People's Choice Awards. And so Misha took to Twitter and told his followers that uh, his publicist or a publicist had told him that if they won, 
then uh, he would get to have a rhinoceros that he would then share with all of his fans. <laughs> like to and eat? I don't know. I don't know what was meant How by would that. He share I that? guess just like a share in the care and uh, upkeep of the a responsibility. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, but so Supernatural ended up winning that year. And to, as a thank you, um, Misha asked all of his fans to send him self-addressed envelopes into which he puts uh, scavenger hunts uh, kind of challenges on the backs of puzzles when put all together the uh, puzzle was of a rhinoceros. <laughs> oh my, oh I get it. Yeah. Oh, that's clever. <laughs> it is clever. Um, that was back in 2010 and he liked it so much that he just decided to make a thing out of it. And yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think with, with the following that Supernatural has and the following that he certainly has, once it was kind of... Once it was made known to him how much, I don't want to say power he wields, but how many people look up to him and are willing to have fun with him, I think he just decided to use that power for good. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. I think it's it's fame and power used in the best possible way. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, would you ever do, Gish? I'm actually really considering doing it next year. Yeah. I, I've never really had the time since I've known about it. I, you know, I've been in school and all that stuff, so I've never really had time to commit to it. And but if you're I graduating, I know. So next year, I think I'm really gonna do it because Good. when when I do it, I want to commit to it and mm-hmm. I want to go like hardcore. So I'm thinking next year. Maybe I'll do it yeah. with you. Yeah, please do. Be yeah, really fun. you uh, you can form your own team of fifteen or. You can get grouped randomly with a group of fifteen, and your team is then international. But I think we could act. We I think we could find fifteen people to do it with us. I, yeah, easily. I mean, I, do I have fifteen friends? <laughs> 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 no, I think it would be really fun. You know, yeah. we you know, we can use social media for its good uh, uses and kind of pull together a team. I think. Yeah. You know, and we I can so. get our partners involved. Yeah. And, yeah. I think so. Or we could, like, Craigslist members just, like, find some. No, I don't want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fair. (laughs) It is Craigslist. Uh, I don't want to talk to Supernatural fans on Craigslist either. No, that's probably I'm just kidding. You're all lovely. Uh, (laughs) Supernatural fans aren't on Craigslist, let's be fair. That's true. They're on Tumblr. (laughs) Uh, That's awesome. He seems like such a sweet person. I'd love to meet him someday. Yeah, I would too. He's honestly just kind of talk about like his own, like his, the impact that he's had on me personally is he's just such a wholesome, like just optimistic, funny person. And like I, what really got me interested in him was like when I was a, I'm I've been a fan of the show for so long, and I would watch videos of him at conventions, him along with Jared Padalecki and Jensen Ackles, his co-stars, and the chemistry that he has with the with the cast is just amazing, and he's just so funny, and I I just loved him. I love him so much. Like he his energy and his charm just I really gravitated to it. And it made me want to like invest and learn more about him. And like he's, he, I just he's such a delight. I love him so much. Oh, he is a it's, delight. Yeah. Oh well, thank you so much for bringing him. I'm, yeah. I definitely have a crush on him now. Yay! <laughs> and uh, I guess we'll be back after this little break. Yeah. Time for a, a wine refill. Wine um, refill. Yay! All right. So we're back with uh, part two and more wine. Yeah. So this is Crush's Corner Part 2, and it is going to be Kat's turn. It's my turn! Okay, so uh, this is someone that, you know, anyone who knows me will not be surprised that this is who I'm talking about on our debut episode, but today I'm going to be talking about Henry Rollins, my personal hero. 
I may or may not have his autograph tattooed on my arm. Uh, It was awesome. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, But yeah, I'm going to be talking about one of my favorite people on the face of the planet, uh, Henry Rollins, who might not be someone whose name rings a bell to a lot of you, but if you saw his photo you would probably recognize him. He's been in a a couple movies and TV series as a minor role. But uh, today I'm going to be talking specifically about traveling involving Henry Rollins. But before we get to the travel, let me tell you a little bit about this awesome dude. Uh, So Henry was born February 13th, which is also my birthday, Mm -hmm. in 1961 in Washington, D.C., Uh, And he's mostly known for singing in a few punk bands in the 70s and 80s and 90s. Most notably, he was a singer for Black Flag. Uh, He also started the Rollins Band, which ran for a couple decades, uh, touring and opening for Ozzy Osbourne and Black Sabbath. And, you know, at one point, I think they opened for Sheryl Crow. (laughs) I don't know. It's a weird it's a weird resume. Um, He began singing and working and uh, kind of traveling all around the States at a really young age. But uh, according to critic Steve Huey, he really had a breakout year in 1994. Uh, It's where the Rollins Band appeared uh, at Woodstock and released their album Wait, which ranked on the Billboard Top 40. Uh, Around this time, Henry also released Get in the Van on the Road with Black Flag, which is a set of a double disc set of him reading from his Black Flag tour diary. Uh, which kind of got him started doing spoken word on these tours. Uh, he would come out during quiet parts of their set and just read these stories that he had kind of written. He, he, was, he is and always has been an excellent writer. He won a Grammy for the best spoken word recording as a result of that. Oh, wow. Yeah, and in 1994, he was also uh, named uh, Man of the Year by Details Magazine. Dang. Yeah, uh, he and he became a contributing columnist as well. So, you know, with writing and performing and touring he and the spoken word stuff, he's just kind of always been busy. Uh, he made several appearances on, M- on MTV and VH1, and then he kind of broke his way into acting. Uh, his first film debut was in the movie The Chase with Charlie Sheen, where he played a cop. He plays a lot of angry characters, so bouncers, cops, criminals, he's just kind of got that look about him. (laughs) And he's often joked that, you know, he is the guy in movies who screams and then dies. You know, that's kind of his thing. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) How poetic. I know. He's just, he looks aggressive because I think he's known for being an aggressive person. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not necessarily mean, just kind of in your face. I've seen him several times live and I've met him a couple times and he is definitely intense. Yeah. Uh, Not necessarily in a bad way, but in an intimidating way. Uh, He uh, hosted a film review program on IFC called Henry's Film Corner. And then he eventually turned it into the Henry Rollins show, which was kind of a show where he would interview different filmmakers and musicians and feature upcoming bands. And it was just kind of a passion project of his. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then he began doing basically DJing on Sirius or XM radio, where he would host these weekly shows where he would just play you all the music he was into that week, going from, you know, everything from uh, Dinosaur Jr. to Iggy Pop, uh, just everyone across the charts. Yeah. He was a huge, a huge jazz fan. He's kind of just a well-rounded dude. Yeah. Um, he kind of dove into activism kind of by force. Well, I don't want to say by force, but he kind of had no choice but to be an activist his whole life. Uh, when he moved from Washington, D.C. to California with the band Black Flag, 
the punk scene was kind of allied with the LBGTQ scene out there at the time. It was a bunch of groups of misfits that kind of just band together. And Henry was able to see kind of secondhand the abuse of people in authority on these minority groups. And he kind of let that anger fuel him to get to a place where he decided that he was going to do something about it. Um, A lot of his activism is funded by him. Uh, He donates a lot of money. He travels around and shares stories. And he's just kind of... uh, He uses travel as kind of his way to open up his own mind and to try to encourage other people to open up theirs as well. Um, He was active in the campaign to free the West Memphis Three, which was uh, a case where three young men who were believed by their supporters to have been wrongfully convicted of murder, they actually were released from prison, but they've not yet been exonerated. Mm -hmm. But Henry Rollins actually put together fundraising to try to get them decent lawyers, because the only basis that the authorities had to convict these young men were that they listened to heavy metal and wore black t-shirts. How could that possibly... I mean, it was on the tales of satanic panic, kind of. So it's like, must be the three goth teens in our hometown. Yeah, your face is exactly right. (laughs) (laughs) The look of disbelief. That makes no fucking sense. Yeah, exactly. And so... Can you imagine being those those three young men? Mm -mm. Like, just sitting in prison... For no reason. For no reason. Yeah. And it's like, they just liked a, a genre of music, and they're like... That apparently made them criminals. Wow. Well, Henry recognized how ridiculous that was, and he was able to fund the money and get them lawyers. And he actually spoke with the mother of the victim. And, you know, I I need to know his name, the victim's name. So I'm going to edit this part out where I'm looking it up. So uh, they were convicted because um, they were convicted of the murder of three boys. Uh, And then it doesn't say... The victims were Steve Edward Branch, Christopher Mark Byers, and James Michael Moore. And the three men who are known as the West Memphis Three are Damian Eccles, Jesse Miss Kelly Jr., and Jason Baldwin. Uh, yeah, so it was it was largely associated with the satanic panic of, of the 80s. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess of the 90s, because this happened in the early 90s. But yeah. um, it, it's just, it's a heartbreaking story. And the fact that Henry was able to kind of throw his weight and drop a bunch of names and get all these musicians involved raising money, the way he did it is he actually recorded an album of cover songs of Black Flag songs sung by incredible musicians of every genre that he was friends with who were like, yeah, I'll totally throw my hat in the ring. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, it is really cool. Uh, that's one of the things that he did. And it's it's weird because it's not even really what I wanted to focus on today. Yeah. As incredible but, as that story is, yeah. uh, he has his own podcast called the Henry and Heidi Podcast. Mm-hmm. And one episode is devoted entirely to the creation of the Rise Above album. Wow. I highly recommend listening to it. Yeah. It's incredible. Um, what I really wanted to talk about, uh, you know, not only does he do amazing work here, but... He travels around the world consistently throughout the year, sometimes on tour and sometimes just to travel. And uh, he's got a couple photo books out that he's published of photos that he's taken uh, all around the world. And he really wants to press the importance of travel, uh, especially on the youth of America. Um, I remember he had this story about just going to Antarctica and and just sleeping in like this little ditch that he dug for himself in a sleeping bag listening to Iggy Pop like on his 
headphones. It was just an incredible story. But uh, I've read a couple articles where they've interviewed him about his travels, and he has some amazing things to say. Um, In one article, he said, let me give you some advice from a man who's leaning on 60. If you're in your 20s, life goes one day, then another day. In your 30s, it picks up some speed because your responsibilities get bigger. From 40 to 50 is like a week and a half, and it feels like losing at losing at three-card Monty. What I'm saying is it goes really fast. So if you have a list of things to do, someday does not exist, because suddenly you're my age. If you have a list of things you want to do, destinations, Tokyo, Paris, Budapest, Istanbul, just get it done. Get your passport, get the stamps in there, and go. Ugh, I love that, but I also hate that. Yeah, <laughs> because, A, it's hard to have the money to travel, for sure. Yeah. But I do love that he's talking about how we really don't have all the time we think we do. Yeah. And you're right. It, it's There's a lot to love and hate about that statement. <laughs> it's just, I, I, I mostly love it. I hate it because it's too real. Yes, it's very real. I mean, I'm going to be 30 next year and I'm just like, <laughs> like I have that like creeping feeling of adulthood. <laughs> I just refuse to acknowledge it. Uh, someday it'll go away. You should, you should throw, um, I don't know if you've seen that uh, post on social media where um, somebody, they were turning 30, and instead of a birthday party, they had a funeral for their mm-hmm. youth. We I did ha- see that. We should have a funeral for your youth. Yes, we should. I love that because she's all like glam and black, mm-hmm. like, a, like a veil and black balloons everywhere. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm going to do that. <laughs> it's going to happen next February on Henry Rollins' birthday. <laughs> I'm sure Henry would appreciate that. Uh, yeah, maybe. He, he, he might uh, <laughs> He might give you a nod of approval. Maybe. We'll see. I mean, like, we'll see. Like, he's going to let me know. <laughs> <laughs> He'll check back in with us. Yeah, for sure. I tweet him every year on our birthday, and he never tweets me back. <laughs> um, uh, in one article where uh, Henry was asked about whether he's ever been scared for his life in other countries, he says that he's been to damn near 100 countries, and I've almost been killed three times. All three times were in America. Well, well. Yeah. How about them apples? Yeah, I mean, I believe it. Uh, it's... <laughs> God damn it. I know. <sighs> it's so stressful living here sometimes. My country tis of thee. Yes. <laughs> um, when he was talking about, you know, his how he plans for the future and what he does when he comes home, he's often said that being home is just kind of like a brief interlude from life. He doesn't like being at home. He doesn't like sitting around. He doesn't like working in an office. He wants to be out there documenting and traveling the world. And uh, one of my favorite quotes that he said regarding traveling is, uh, the best thing about coming to the end of your travel to-do list is you flip the piece of paper over and it's blank and you can fill it up with more things to do. This is why I travel. I try to stay out in the world as much as I can. That's beautiful. It is beautiful. He's very poetic for this like really tattooed, angry looking dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's got some tenderness in there. He definitely does, you know, and and he has gone on record saying that, you know, he chooses to remain single because he doesn't want that feeling of being held down, Uh, which, you know, I think if you're open and upfront about that, I think that's totally valid as long as you're not, you know, disparaging of relationships in general, which I don't think he is. Yeah. Um, But he likes his freedom. And I think that he is a travel addict, and I think that it has opened his eyes to all the world can offer, whether it's just, you know, meeting people in other countries. Uh, he has said a couple times that, you know, when he's a shy person, but when you're researching a country to visit, you really have to look up on the customs and what is polite and what is impolite. And when you go there, as long as you're 
respectful but curious and you're asking questions that aren't presumptive or accusatory that people are 10 out of 10 way more willing to you know be nice to you and explain things to you and Mm -hmm. share with you he's had taxi drivers take him home to their families to meet their children because he has these conversations with them and uh, he'll get into discussions at you know open-air marketplaces about where they get certain spices or ingredients and You know, for a shy person to be able to do that, I think is an achievement. I don't know why he calls himself shy if he's able to do that. (laughs) It's just, it blows my mind. And I've always wanted to travel, but it's always had that, you know, fearsome element to me where, especially as a woman traveling alone, you know, you don't want to think that it's risky. And the more I hear about it, the more I think that we as Americans are kind of led to believe it's scarier than it is. Yeah. Well, I actually, I had a coworker um, who, before starting um, her job with me, had traveled to Ethiopia by herself. And she was, yeah. And she was essentially just backpacking and she was gone for months. And uh, she said that she didn't, she wasn't scared to do it. um, And she was, she never ran into any problems. So it's very, that's, it's very, well, and yeah. I don't know how much of that is luck and how yeah. much of that is just the truth. Cause I, I mean, there is an inherent risk of being a woman in this world anyway, I think. Yeah. And I do think there is a level of danger traveling anywhere, but like Henry Rollins said, it, it can happen here, you know, yeah. it's, and I don't think that fear for your life should be what keeps you from exploring and going on an adventure. If you're smart about it and if you know you know, the basics of where you're going, what the climate is like politically, and, you know, even ecologically, I think those are important factors to understand. Yeah. But if you don't go in blind, I think that there are totally safe ways to meet, you know, people of all different walks of life in different countries. And I think that having Henry kind of remind me of that when I read about his travels is, is comforting. You know, it makes it seem a lot less daunting to go out there and and meet people and have these discussions, even if it's at home. Yeah. You know, and he said, you know, if you can only travel through America, travel through America, meet people of different walks of life. Yeah. And it's hard sometimes to want to do that. Yeah. But, you know, even as open minded as I think I am, there's still certain groups of people that I don't want to have conversations with. And I fully admit that that's probably my problem. Yeah. But I just, I love the idea that he can just get bored at home and want to go. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because it's actually like, you know, it's funny that he describes himself as being shy. But I feel like if he has, it sounds like he's just a very curious person. And so like if you're driven by curiosity, I feel like that can kind of override your more socially anxious or shy side mm-hmm. because you just have like these burning questions that you just need answered. Yeah. And he, he has gone on record also saying that he hates ignorance more than anything. Mm-hmm. So any way that he can kind of knock it out of him as far as, you know, as much as possible, he'll do it. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think that overrides any shyness aspect he has in him. Yeah. Uh, I think that he doesn't like small talk. I think that's what he means by shy. Yeah, <laughs> really. that's fair. He that's... seems to want to get to the nitty gritty. I remember when I met him, um, he was signing a book for me, and it might be the autograph that I eventually did use to maybe get the tattoo that I maybe have on my arm. Um, but I mentioned something about the book that I had signed, and I don't even remember which book it was because I've got a bunch of signed books by him now. But 
uh, I mentioned something about it, how I really loved it. And he was like, oh, well, then you, he's like, well, I've got this other book about these travels through here and you should really read them and you'd really love them. And, oh, you, you want to go to India someday? You definitely should. There's all these, like, he just started spewing information at me. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, because I was just fangirling. I wasn't expecting a full conversation. Right. Every time I've met him, he has looked me in the eye, asked me, you know, about, where I'm living or, you know, like, oh, you live around this area. What's it like? How are you? And he's like in your face, but so nice, you know, at the same time. And just that level of attention that he has to the world around him is mind blowing. Yeah. That's amazing. And that's why I have a crush on him. Thank you so much for sharing him. I, I, I told you earlier today, but like, I'm really planning on doing a deep dive on Henry Rollins because I've had enough people tell me how wonderful he is and I really want to uh, to learn more about him. Yeah, and... he's he's great. And if you ever get a chance to see him live, I highly recommend it just because his shows are his spoken word shows are hilarious. Yeah. Almost to the point of where there's stand-up comedy, but there's no written jokes. It's yeah. just him talking. Yeah. Uh, so I hesitate to call them that, but yeah, I definitely recommend listening to his spoken word or reading his books or even watching The Chase starring Charlie Sheen <laughs> as the cop. <laughs> But yeah, he's just a great guy. I yeah. love him so much. Aww. Now I have a crush on Henry Rollins. Oh, I'm so happy. Um, <sighs> so uh, shall we uh, transition into our infatuation station? Infatuation station. All we aboard. Need to, maybe we should have a jingle for that Ooh, segment. Yeah, mm. that might be good. Something just a little to... choo-choo noise. I like that. Yeah. I don't know if I do. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, re- we'll, we'll come back to that. Yeah. We'll, ta- we'll table that for now. Yes. We'll... Maybe for future episodes. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see what our our composer thinks of that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so the infatuation station is where we kind of talk about our more superficial crushes, like yeah. we kind of mentioned at the top of the episode. Do you do you have someone you'd like to talk about? Yeah. So I actually, so it's not really a person. That's fine. So much as it is maybe a concept or maybe just a character. Like an idea. Uh, an idea. A dream. A dream. <laughs> an aspiration. <laughs> Because I know who you're talking about, that that this is so funny to me, but okay, continue, please. So, for my infatuation station, I'd like to discuss a little gentleman named uh, (laughs) Colonel Sanders. Specifically? Specifically, uh, the uh, daddy version of Colonel (laughs) Sanders. Daddy version. So... So so let's let's just take this from the beginning. So KFC, you know, uh-huh. Kentucky Fried Chicken, yes. formerly known as, um, they have recently uh, just come out with this very very ingenious marketing campaign where they uh, released a dating simulator where uh, Colonel Sanders, the face of KFC, is essentially a just a like a, a chef that you are learning from in this game. And you go through this game, and you are just vying for the affections and attentions of Colonel Sanders. It's like one and of those Japanese dating simulation yeah, games. Yeah, it's heavily inspired by just, you know, the Japanese... Uh, just, it's done in the style of Japanese anime. And it's so good. It is just the most amazing thing that's ever happened to marketing. And I cannot believe that it exists. I'm pretty sure that KFC... Uh, I think that this was like a limited time thing because a couple of weeks ago, KFC had changed all of their social media to the uh, to the uh, anime version of Colonel Sanders. Genius. And yes, it is genius. And I don't think for you guys listening, I don't think that if you don't already know about this, I don't think you're properly visualizing what this actually looks like. So picture Colonel Sanders. 
but he's a daddy, so he's... <laughs> I'll put the photo up on yeah. Instagram. <laughs> we'll, put, we'll put the photo up, and it'll make sense then, but he's just, like, super muscular, he's wearing an apron, like, he's just got, like, the dreamiest, like, anime expression. He's got this like, great physique. Yeah. And, like, it's like a swimmer's physique. And, like, but it is, like, they are serious about it. Like, it, it, like this version of Colonel Sanders was the face of KFC Ugh. for, like, a good long while. And I think that it was only a temporary campaign because I'm pretty sure they've turned it back to their... Uh, their uh, uh, the branding that they had before, but for like a good like maybe week or two, oh, Colonel, yeah. Colonel Sanders uh, Daddy Edition was the face of KFC, and I it was like the how most... you keep calling it Daddy Edition. <laughs> it never explicitly was called that. That's just no, our it wasn't. name for him. It wasn't. No, it wasn't. But it's <laughs> I can't help it. Like it's just like <laughs> the only way to describe it. And it's so amazing, and I love it so much. <sighs> it is the best thing to ever happen. To KFC and just to marketing in general. It truly and is it, genius. And it can't be duplicated. No. Nobody can ever do anything like that again. No. And if they did, it would be a clear impersonation. It's yeah. just, they have nailed their marketing and their their target audience. Yeah. If they're trying to get millennials and Gen Zers in the door. They're in. Yeah. They're in, baby. It, they got it's, it. Yeah. It is so, it's so good. And, uh. Like, I just, it's funny because if you follow the fast food chains, like your Wendy's, the KFCs, the McDonald's, it kind of, it seems like they're kind of like all aware, they're all aware of each other for sure. Oh, yeah. And they all chime in and they're all kind of like in competition and it's very, it's a, you know, they're, they're, they're constantly adding each other on Twitter. And uh, I feel like KFC's uh, dating sim sim just kind of blew everything out of the park and was a complete game changer. And I'm sure... All the uh, corporate employees at like Wendy's and, and McDonald's are all scrambling, trying to figure out what. <laughs> Do we have a dating sim? <laughs> we need to get a dating sim. Yeah, but they can. It's done. I haven't played the game yet. I'm, I I fully intend to because I just uh, so it's available for to download on Steam. Okay. And uh, a, uh, my fiance Austin was actually telling me that uh, it has, like, one of the highest... It's, like, one of the highest-rated games on Steam. I believe it. it it's, like... People love KFC. Yeah. And I, but I was reading the, the reviews for, for the game, and it was, like, I, they, some people were saying, like, I don't care that this is basically a marketing campaign. Like, this is an amazing game. <laughs> I, I've seen a playthrough of it. I was going to try to open Steam, but I don't want my bandwidth to mess up again, so I'm just not gonna. Um, <laughs> but I, I've seen a playthrough from it, and it is... Time went into this game. Time and energy and amazing artistry and illustration, but it's they nailed it. I mean, I, there's multiple endings. They're, really? You, like, oh, depending on the choices you make? Oh, and it's... if you make the wrong choice, you can die. You can die in you this You can game? die. Oh <laughs> I'm God, not kidding. The stakes are high. I know. I will show you the playthrough <laughs> I watched later. It is golden. Oh, my gosh. Um, I wonder... No, I'm not going to... I'm not going to open Steam right now. Never mind. Um... <laughs> It's it's just a delight. Like yeah. And the teacher of the cooking class is a corgi and like Colonel Sanders is like one of the students that's like 
invented the chicken in a bucket concept and it blows everyone's mind. It's it's <laughs> hysterical. I love that. So I love that they chose a corgi because that just says to me that they've done their market research mm-hmm. and they know that millennials are obsessed with corgis. Yeah, they it's... got little furry pantaloons and short little stubby legs. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> They're the best oh thing ever. Oh my god. Ugh. It's I yeah, I was a little bit obsessed with that concept for like the first couple of days that I learned about it. I could not stop talking about it. No. It's it, just amazing. It's yeah, I mean, remind me after we're done recording, we yeah. will watch the playthrough. Yeah. Oh, it's, I'm it's, so excited. It's great. Yeah, I, I I will definitely be playing that game. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, I have no no more words. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, yeah, so that's that's my infatuation station for this week. Oh, I love it, uh, Colonel Sanders. From KFC's dating sim. Yeah, I don't want to say daddy anymore. No, probably <laughs> but, not. But probably I can't not. help it, but though. But it's because he is. Yeah. He's just a daddy. He is. There's no other way to phrase it. You're right. <laughs> it's like, I am I know the expression on my face is one of like mild disgust, but it's because you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's time I admit it to myself. <laughs> oh, boy. Is it my turn? Yeah. Okay, go for so it. my infatuation station is something I'm really excited about because... This weekend, you and your fiancé and I are going to see this person live, Mm -hmm. but if anyone out there is familiar with uh, the musician-slash-YouTuber Dan Avedan, or uh, his full name is Lee Daniel Avedon, I believe, but he goes by Dan or Danny, he is one half of Game Grumps, uh, which is a YouTube streaming, not streaming, I guess a YouTube Let's Play Mm -hmm. series. Uh, and he is also in a band called Ninja Sex Party, and we are going to see them this coming weekend, and I am so excited. Oh, me too. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be so much fun. I love Dan so much. I've got my water bottle here, and I've got a sticker of him. Oh, yeah. There he is. There he is. And, uh, I'll put a picture of him. <laughs> but he's, he's an incredibly talented singer, uh, an incredibly gifted songwriter. A lot of his songs are, are comedy and you said you've been listening to their albums and they're pretty raunchy they are raunchy but like it's like it's raunchy in just like the the funniest way it's very clever it is clever but it's also i love how their their style is kind of like your like 80s like hair band Mm -hmm. but it's it's so it is funny it's very satirical at the same time yeah uh Dan himself is just a, a very sweet person. Um, I, I follow him on, on social media, the social media accounts he has. I think he's only on Instagram now. But uh, he's, you know, this kid from uh, New Jersey who just wanted to be a musician ever since he was a kid. Moved out to L.A., met Aaron Hansen, who's the creator of Game Grumps, partnered with him. And they're, they're probably one of the, the more famous if not the most well-known Let's Play series, besides like PewDiePie or mm-hmm. uh, Markiplier on YouTube and Jacksepticeye. Those are like the top four channels I can think of. Um, they're, they're brilliant. To, they're hilarious. They're very goofy. They're sometimes not the most politically correct, which is kind of an issue, but I like you know enough in their them talking about their lives that they don't have a mean bone in their bodies yeah. at all. And Dan is just this uh, very driven and very down-to-earth person, and the songs that he writes are so absurd. They are. They're, I'm Right now I have Mansion Party on repeat. Oh, it's and, so good. <laughs> and 6969. <laughs> Their rock ballad, <laughs> yes. 
I love it so much. It goes so hard for like no reason at all. Uh, yeah, it's. It, have you seen the video? No, I haven't. It's good. Uh, it's very low budget, but very funny. Uh, and then they've got a couple cover albums too, called Under the Covers Volumes One and Two. Volume Three is coming out next month, I believe. Although we don't have a date for it yet, but. There are these great, amazingly produced covers of these 80s rock ballads, which is kind of what, like what you said, their they're influence anyway. Mm-hmm. And it really showcases how when they do take themselves seriously, they can create amazing tracks. Yeah. They're so catchy. Yeah. I was very, like, just listening to just all of their, like, discography. Dis- discography? Discography. Uh, their album. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like, he's such a talented singer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's very good. And I remember hearing, he was talking on an episode of Game Grumps about how someone asked if he was still going to... He likes to... He layers his voice, which is basically like he records a track and then he records the same track singing over it. Mm-hmm. And so it sounds like there's like three or four Dans on a track singing. And yeah. he harmonizes with himself. And a fan was like, well, it's basically auto-tune. And he's like, no, it isn't. <laughs> and he b- put the kibosh on that. Yeah. I've heard recordings of him live. And, you know, of course, we're going to see him live. And he sounds fantastic live. Yeah. So I'm I'm really excited to see him. I'm yeah. going to be shrieking like a like an infant in, in the audience. Just, I'm, yeah. I'm really hyped, too. Because there's so much energy in just the music that I can't imagine how that's going to translate into a live show. I'm so excited. Yay. Uh, that will, I'm sure that will, uh, that'll be a topic of conversation at our next uh, yeah, episode. Yeah. And, and he's just a precious baby angel and I love him and I would protect him with my life, even though he's like 40 years old. Like <laughs> I, you know, if, if you're into, even if you're not into video games, if you're just into like listening to two friends bullshit, which I don't know why you wouldn't be because you're listening to us right now. Um, <laughs> I recommend looking up Game Grumps. Aaron Hansen, I I could do a whole segment on you know maybe i will because he's he's incredible too as is his wife as is the whole game grumps team are just amazing mm-hmm. um but that playthrough of the kfc game that i want to play for you is by game grumps <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we'll have to so check that one out uh, maybe i'll drop a link in our description but it's uh it's he's just my dream he's one of my many boyfriends he's, he's your dream daddy he's, you he's can't he's, say like oh. <laughs> You're going to get me in trouble with my husband. <laughs> uh, yeah, they actually, Game Grumps actually produced the game Dream Daddy. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Of course they, they did. did. <laughs> that just is perfect. Oh, did you not know? No, I Dan's didn't know Dan's actually that. a voice of one of the dads. So is Aaron. He really is a Dream Daddy. He's a total Dream Daddy. Oh my God. Yeah. That makes so much sense. So yeah, Dan Avedon is is my infatuation station. Oh. Well, thank you for sharing. So, bef- but before we close out on that, yes, I just have one question. I could easily look this up myself, but What's I the will fun just. In that? <laughs> Who is Ninja Brian? Okay, Ninja Brian is is the other half of Ninja Sex Party. I'm, I'm glad you asked yeah. because I did want to talk about him, and I totally forgot. I'm sorry. Don't kill me. <laughs> Ninja Brian is uh, one of the writers of the NSP songs. He's also uh, the keyboard player and one of the musicians. He's uh, portray. I guess the character Ninja N- Ninja Brian is portrayed by Brian Wecht, who is hilarious, and he's also got, like, a PhD, and he's incredibly smart, I and he's that. got a loving wife and daughter, and he's an all-around family guy, but in Ninja Sex Party, he plays just this silent, deadly figure who's just constantly thwarting Dan's plans at getting laid and yeah. murdering people left and right, <laughs> 
So when we see them live, uh, he probably will not say a word. Yeah. Because it's kind of just his character. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I yeah. figured as much because I Dan makes many, many references to Ninja Brian throughout mm-hmm. his songs. And I was like, ah, who is this, this mysterious person? This mysterious person, person. <laughs> yes. It's, N- Ninja Brian is, again, probably someone I could do a whole segment on because he's just brilliant. And the stories that Dan tells about him on Game Grumps are hilarious. Yeah. There's one that I, I'll paraphrase real quick, but... Uh, Brian's daughter, uh, when she was, I think she's still little, but when she was really little, she was asking about where Danny was, because she, Danny's over all the time, Brian and Dan are friends in real life, or IRL, and um, Audrey was like, oh, where's Danny? Where's Danny? And Brian is just like, oh, uh, Danny got sick and went to heaven. Like, just like, because <laughs> she was too young to, like, really understand any, like, he's just yeah. very deadpan, yeah. and like ridiculous and and just he's hilarious i think the two of them make a great team and a great band yeah so i love that i'm so excited to see him on saturday so yeah that's that's that is i think is what i'll close out the infatuation station on listen to ninja sex party they're they're phenomenal yes all right well i guess we'll uh we'll we'll close out Uh, if Uh, we have to yeah what did you learn today michaela um i learned that henry rollins is a deeply deeply tender person who is just very just well-rounded and just a travel bug but that he's just got this like external just hardness about him that's a little bit intimidating mm-hmm. but just like underneath it all he's just so curious about the world and that he's just done so many just miraculous wonderful things and uh yeah that is that's what i've learned i've learned Aww. who ninja brian was <laughs> <laughs> everyone should always know who ninja brian is um, let's see. I learned that Misha Collins is incredibly compassionate and one of the best examples of someone using their power and fame for doing the absolute best he can and making this world a better place. Mm-hmm. And I also learned about your crush on Colonel Sanders. <laughs> you learned that he's a daddy. Oh, uh, yeah, I learned that he's a daddy. Maybe that's the title for this episode. Hmm. Just he's a daddy? Just Yeah, and then we'll just let the <laughs> listener decide if they want to listen or not. Uh, but speaking of listening, you guys, please, uh, if you enjoyed this and you want to hear more from us, hit the subscribe button, or as we like to say, smash that subscribe smash button. Smash that subscribe yeah. button. I don't think we're ever going to lose that. No, just smash it. Just just destroy your keyboard. Break it. Yeah. That's how, actually how Michaela broke her laptop. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't crash. She True just story. Like, smashed the... True story. Yeah, it was rough. Uh, and then remember, please, to follow us on Twitter at CrushworthyPod and on Instagram under the exact same name. We'll put a bunch of fun stuff up there to get you uh, interested and in following. And uh, we should be uh, putting up another episode next week. It's going to be a weekly thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to thank Arnie Parrott for our amazing theme music. He's incredibly talented. Uh, and then I think that's all we have to do. Yeah. So, so till next time. Keep on crushing it. Thanks. Bye. Bye.